we are on the onset of what's called the fourth industrial revolution. And what is really different is we have a complete new set of tools at our disposal. The real value comes in if we can really use this technology to really drive meaningful business outcomes. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome back to Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, sponsored by AWS Energy. I'm sitting here this afternoon in my house, because that's the only thing legal right now, with my guest, Arno Van then hack. Did I say that correctly? You did an excellent job, Paige. Thank you so much. Oh, good. Great. So head worldwide business development of energy for Amazon Web Services. Did I get that right? Spot on. Long title. Yeah. I mean, how do you fit all of that onto a business card? Well, that's why I have two lines on a business card. Yeah. <laughs> and if everything else fails, there's also, of course, the, the backside of the business card. But yeah, don't, oh, that's don't true. worry. Don't worry about that. <laughs> But bring glasses, right? <laughs> and before we get into it, I'd like to ask the audience to please leave a review. That helps people find the show. I mean, if you like it, give me five stars. If I need improvement, three, you know, whatever. I'll definitely read the review on the air. Arno, let's talk about how you got started in the oil and gas industry. I hope you like fairy tales because it really is. <laughs> it has to start with once upon a time. Going back 25 years, graduated as a mechanical engineer from Eindhoven University in the Netherlands and had a uh -huh. whole host of opportunities. I think the interesting part was they were all related, they were all for multinationals in the Netherlands. And it's actually it's a funny story. I had an offer to join one of the big multinationals in the Netherlands, and it was one of their remote locations. Actually, it was a location in a place called Emmen in the northeast of the Netherlands. And I visited the site, had the interviews there, and then I went back home and I thought about it. I said, now, I'm not going to live in the middle of nowhere, completely isolated. It was a complete change for my, my lifestyle. So I decided to join Royal Dutch Shell in the time as an international employee with the idea to travel the world and see fascinating places. And I remember after my initial training, at the time, you got a formal letter that says, congratulations, your first assignment will be dot, 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 wait for the boom. It will be in Emmen, the same place that I turned down a few months earlier. Yeah. So the lesson learned there is you cannot plan your future. And in particular, and I think in our business, in the energy business, it is so changing. It's so dynamic. Not just where we find oil, where we produce oil, but as you also can see now with the crisis that we're in, it does require a different mindset to be successful. So that was 25 years ago. More importantly, I'm still in energy and I'm tremendously enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you went from Royal Dutch Shell to Amazon Web Services. I mean, how did that even occur? Well, it didn't happen in a linear fashion. I worked for Shell literally all over the world. I worked or lived on every continent for Royal Dutch Shell that's out there, with the exception of Australia. So it actually, I think it requires deep domain expertise. And it's that deep domain expertise that I think that I can bring to help our customers in Amazon Web Services and actually help them 
transform the business and help them actually build the future of energy. Okay. So of all those places you lived, which one was your favorite? I think there were favorites in different categories. I lived in the Middle East. What I really enjoyed there was the fact when you open up the curtains in the morning and you look outside, it's blue skies every day. You don't have to listen to the weather forecast and coming from North Western Europe, where the weather is so finicky, that was a big, big revelation. So having great weather, being outside every day was great. I liked Brazil a lot. I liked the people. I liked the food. I liked the culture. And living in Rio de Janeiro, of course, during both the World Cup soccer and the Olympics, yeah, was, of course, a once in a lifetime. So I think there's no specific place. All the places have a very special place in my heart, whether it's Aberdeen, whether it's, as I said, Rio, or whether it's the Middle East. They all represent different elements in my life. So I would assume you know several different languages. Yes, but don't test me where I, <laughs> I can get to six today. Yeah, well, <laughs> Between four and five would help tremendously. <laughs> I don't know any other languages really, unless, I mean, we're doing this through Zencaster. So unless you know sign language, it's not going to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really see me. So let's talk about what you do at AWS right now. Well, first of all, it might be good to explain that AWS stands for Amazon Web Services. I think everybody, all of our listeners probably have heard of Amazon. Last year, when I've introduced Amazon Web Services to a couple of CAOs at that Sarah Week, one of the CAOs really stood out. He had a really interesting reaction when I talked about Amazon Web Services. He said, yeah, I don't know what you guys are doing here because I have my Prime membership and all my packages arrive on time. Well, that is, <laughs> that is one dimension of Amazon. The other dimension right. is the provision of what we do is the infrastructure to run all the technologies that are responsible for that. So over the years, Amazon had realized that they had a very unique niche that they were mm-hmm. able to deliver IT services on a really massive scale. And in good Amazon fashion, the decision was made, you know what, let's make sure we can also offer up that specific technology for our customers. So long story short, Amazon Web Services is a cloud provider and we're providing on-demand IT resources through the internet on a pay-as-you-go model. Very similar to when you buy electricity, when you go into a room, you flip on a switch, you get your electricity. When you leave the room, you flip the switch off again. With the provision of cloud services, is exactly the same. On demand, flip a switch, get your services that you need. And we don't need it, you turn it off. So really, I think that is what we offer. It's a provision of IT resources to help our customers and help our customers innovate. Yeah. So I've only known you guys for a little bit, but in that small amount of time, I mean, you came from a super major into AWS. I mean, isn't that some sort of culture shock? I mean... Just the transition? I think there is there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences. I used to work my last 15, 20 years in Shell, predominantly in deep water. Deep okay. water, of course, is very familiar with innovation, pushing the boundaries. If you look where deep water was just 10 years ago, it was inconceivable where we are now. I think there's a lot of similarities with AWS. I think one of the things that is so in Amazon's DNA is our ability and our ability to innovate. So I think that's where a lot of the similarities are, is how do we innovate and how do we innovate for our customers? I think the difference is, in particular, when I look back at my days in oil and gas, we always used to push technologies in Amazon We don't push technologies. We actually have our internal processes, how we innovate. And it really is what we call working backwards, which is the mechanism to really develop a technology where there's a real need and a real need for our customers and our customers to help that. So I think that's the big difference is both innovate, but in Amazon, we actually innovate with the business outcome in mind and quickly 
and when I say quickly, I really mean quickly. We're talking about weeks here, deliver results. In particular, if we look at innovation in deep water, well, you probably know this well, Paige. We're talking about maybe 10 years on average for those innovations they called. So innovation is the same. Yeah. I think the difference is the time span and the ability to impact and impact quickly in, in what we're doing. Well, right. And obviously the only constant is change. So where do you see AWS playing a role in that change in oil and gas? When I talk oil and gas or energy more specifically, we talk the entire value chain, whether it's the exploration and the upstream domain, whether it's in midstream, whether it's in downstream, or even whether it's in retail or across the entire enterprise with HSE solutions. So there's no specific area in which we focus. I think the key part of it for us is to focus across the entire value chain. And all of those domains, whether it's upstream, midstream, or downstream, or even the enterprise, they all have unique needs. They all have unique needs from a business perspective, and they also have unique needs from an IT perspective. And we play in, in both of those, those elements across the entire value chain. Excellent. Excellent. So if you had a piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? I mean, you've got all this experience. I think the biggest piece of advice, and that's also how I start all my discussions with our customers, is we are on the onset of what's called the fourth industrial revolution. And what is really different is we have a complete new set of tools at our disposal. The real value comes in if we can really use this technology to really drive meaningful business outcomes. So we always challenge our customers and challenge ourselves to work on a really big problem. Something that is really changing the way, transforming the way we do our business, whether it's internally within an organization or whether it's externally in an organization. And that I think really is the the power that we now have to our disposal is to truly transform the way that we work and the way that we look at technology and, and information. Excellent. Excellent advice. I'll even give you an example of that page. Okay. Yeah, that, that'd be great. We still do, of course, in our industry, we still collect a lot of seismic and a lot of seismic data. A lot of that seismic data is actually being recorded on tapes. Those tapes are transported to the beach when we do an offshore survey. And it takes a couple of weeks, first of all, for those tapes to arrive on the beach. And then secondly, for those seismic tapes to be ingested in some sort of a processing center. Uh, We've been working on technology and that we have already deployed several times to actually get the seismic data from an offshore vessel directly into the cloud at the end of the day. Oh, that's awesome. So all of a sudden now we're skipping complete steps in that traditional work process. And that's what I mean with reinventing those work processes and doing something completely different. And for me, that is the fascinating part. And it's only possible with the onset of technologies like the cloud that AWS is offering. Yeah, yeah. So what book influenced you the most and why? <laughs> I actually been catching up on my Star Trek movies over, over the weekend. <laughs> and I think maybe not the book, but I really do like Star Trek. And I'm glad to see there's probably handfuls of Trekkies out there. I think what really fascinates me is that there is always a moral, a moral imperative in every of the Star Trek episodes uh, that you see. And I think it may sound weird, but I see actually the analogy in what we're doing. Energy is a fundamental need. We know that energy needs and the energy demands are going to increase over the next 40 years, despite the little dip that we're in right now. So we have an imperative to help society get access to sustainable energy. And that is something that I'm passionate about. How can we help the global population 
get access to energy? And how do we do that in a sustainable manner? And that is something that really attracts me in the mission that we have in, in Amazon Web Services, actually help our energy customers, help them prepare for the future and help them prepare to do that in a sustainable manner. That's awesome that you're a Trekkie, by the way. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, you, you couldn't see my, my secret hand gesture. Otherwise, you would have noticed that immediately, Paige. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So this is probably going to be a pretty good question for you, considering what's your most used business tool? <laughs> in Amazon, we have 176 different tools or services that we have to, uh, <laughs> to our disposal. I think the key message, the key thing that is universal around those 176 different services is that 90 or 95% of those tools come from our customers. In other words, it's actually our customers that drive 90% of our service offerings. And what is unique in that, it always starts with a what-if question. So I think the unique business tool that we have is our ability, and our ability to innovate, driving, yeah, the inception of new ideas, new concepts to really help our customers. A great examples are, for instance, Outposts, which is a service that we offer that allows jurisdictions where there's data residency requirements to still use all the services that we have, but actually take care of the data residency requirements that a certain country might have. And those, I think, are great ideas or great suggestions where came from our customers that said, you know what, we really see the benefit of going to the cloud. However, how do we manage that within the confines of our local requirements? And that's how we invented through our internal processes, Outpost as a solution. Who's your most respected competitor? I mean, you have a couple, right? Well, we normally don't talk about competitors. We do focus on our customers. And I think that is what really sets us apart is our really unique focus on customers. We strongly believe that if we do help our customers, help them to reduce pain points, I think that is the really discriminating factor that we can offer to our customers is the ability to help our customers. What would you say is your most important lesson learned? You know, if I look back on, on also how we started this whole discussion, I started in a very traditional industry, oil and gas, 25 years ago. Some would say that currently my job is probably the coolest job in the world, and it probably is being at the forefront of new technology. So the biggest lesson that I can give everybody who's listening is your path is not fixed. You're master of your own destiny, but it's the ability to have an open mind, being willingness to change and actually adopt it to that change. And that I think is the biggest message. You said it earlier, uh, the constant thing is probably change and it's the ability to adapt to to the change page. Yeah, I think really everybody has a tough time with that. I mean, I look at us now where, you know, everybody's quarantined and that's been tough to adapt to. Yeah, and at the same time, we know that the quarantine or the shelter in place, as we call it here, actually is only feasible because of the onset of the new technologies that we have. The ability to work from home, to have unlimited internet and internet access, being able to order your groceries online, being able to order whatever you need online without leaving the confines of your house. I think that's another example how technology has actually helped us overcome this pandemic. The ability to connect with your grandparents if they are in a restricted environment that you cannot visit them, using all kinds of tools through video conferencing to actually do have that connection. So I think that is a big change where actually technology can really help us in this day and age. Oh, I wish my grandparents could use their computers correctly to do video, but you know, that's how things are right now. But my next question, why is your role now at AWS important to the future of oil and gas? Within Amazon Web Services, we have almost 
every industry covered through a dedicated vertical, whether it's financial services, whether it's travel and hospitality, whether it's manufacturing, or whether it's energy. And it's a realization, again, that we do think that there's an opportunity to help our customers and help our customers in an Amazonian fashion, helping them to innovate and helping them to overcome the challenges that they face on a day-to-day basis. The reason why my job, I think, is so relevant now is, I think, for two reasons. I'm just reflecting on a study that was done by the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum highlighted that the digital transformation in oil and gas has a value of approximately $1.5 trillion over 10 years. But if you peel back that onion, if you dive deep and look at that number, it actually is comprised out of two big buckets. There's one bucket that talks about the benefits of our current assets. And there's also a significant bucket about the same size, about just under $700 billion that has to do with societal benefits. So we're seeing the technology, the ability to do digital transformation on those two axes. The one axis is, as we call it, transforming the core. That's our current operations we do today. But at the same time, it's also built the future and also built the future of energy. And we know we're in the midst of this energy transition. So I think that is the key message that my role actually tries to span. On the one hand, help our customers innovate around the core, transform the core, being able to leverage that $750 billion that we think is up there around digital transformation, but at the same time, also deliver on the societal benefits, which are in the same order of magnitude through the uh, the energy transition that we're in the midst of. Interesting. Okay. What's your favorite podcast? I have to really punt that one, unfortunately. If there would be a Saints podcast, I probably would go for the Saints, but there's probably no technical podcast that they listen to on a regular basis, Paige. Wow. That's okay. I hope you start listening to this one. Yeah, we will. I'm just messing with you. You don't have to, but you do sponsor it. So maybe. Thank you so much. I mean, we've tried to do this already, but thanks for joining me, Arno. If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about AWS Energy, how could they go about doing that? Well, we talked about the clouds. We talked about the web. We talked about internet. The easiest way to get in contact with us is just go to our website, AWS for Energy. That's where you get the easiest way to connect with the local teams whether you're in the US, whether you're in Canada, whether you're anywhere around the globe, whether it's North or South America, that is the easiest way to get you to the right people to connect with. Awesome. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. All right. So that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Now here's Events on Deck. Hi, everybody. Alex here with the Events on Deck. So obviously, we are in Uh, unprecedented times right now and have been unable to carry out our last couple of happy hours that we had scheduled for last month. We have chosen to delay them and we'll continue to update you on when exactly we will be able to have those events again. Obviously, we're following along the recommended guidelines of the CDC and the World Health Organization. So we're really looking forward to seeing you and we're hoping that these events are going to happen sooner rather than later. But for now, stay tuned and we will keep you posted on those dates. Also, just want to say thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to Oil & Gas Global Network. We are fortunate to already have been a virtual company before the coronavirus and all of these issues started plaguing various countries. And we just want to continue bringing you guys the best information and to the best of our ability, keep you informed, especially while everyone is at home or at least most more people than ever before are at home. So 
We just would like to thank you for continuing to tune in and continuing to listen. And we hope that everyone is staying safe and we wish everyone the best. And thanks again. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com. Yeah.